People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Hope you're enjoying Great Holidays, Brothers Talk family, wherever you're listening in around the world. In the car, the gym, the den, the kitchen, the barber or beauty shop, in the backyard, on the corner, or wherever you engage in your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. And as always, we welcome our first-time listeners, and we hope you're also enjoying a festive season as we look forward to you joining us in sharing enlightened conversations and in promoting new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. As always, we're in the thick of the holidays, and while we're getting together, please be careful as you're traveling about you don't want to be the one infecting family members, especially our medically fragile seniors. There's brand new free COVID tests being made available that you can once again get through the post office. The triple demic of COVID, flu, and RSV2 are very real and filling up hospital beds. So please remember, you can still reduce your chances of getting any of them by getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. We can and we must do better. The last show of 2022, and I'm continuously blessed to be joined in the struggle to promote critical thinking by my brothers, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. And you're right. It is a blessing to still be able to uh, try to uh, instill some some knowledge or share some knowledge that people may not be aware of. And, and, and I think that, you know, I'm pleased that people are continuing to support our show. And this virus, uh, COVID, COVID is not a joke. I, I know people think that, uh, but until you get it and, and, and experience it, uh, your whole perspective will change. And just wearing a mask, simply wearing a mask can help protect you, your loved ones, or anybody else from getting the virus. So don't be selfish. Go out there, wear a mask. In uh, this holiday season, Try to patronize black businesses much and as often as you can. Noah? Yes, Scott. And I just want to follow up with uh, what you said. You don't want to get COVID. It, it is no joke. And the lingering after effects are no joke either. And forget about the possibilities about passing it on to a loved one or, or, or a friend or what have you. It, it's just no good all the way around. So take care of yourselves, your community, and uh, move forward. Bye. In this, our final episode of the year, we're continuing to look back at the year's 12 major issues, according to us. So each of us will again share a couple of issues. The first one for me should again be no surprise. It's the ongoing lack of attention being paid to the implicit and explicit bias in football and basketball, the two most predominantly black sports in terms of on the field and on court talent with vastly inordinate number of whites in the coaching and management positions. 
Now, I don't know what the term is for almost lily white, but whatever it is, it'd be accurate for these two of the top three money sports in this country. Now, the reason why I say it's implicit and explicit bias is exactly why it continues to go unaddressed. You see, it's explicit bias by those who continue to make the hiring decisions that deny Blacks the opportunity to become head coaches and management because that's intentional. However, it's implicit on the part of the millions of consumers of the product when they see this inequity and inequality week in and week out without actually noticing it. And that's both Black and white fans. The bias is that somehow whites are better equipped than blacks to be in those positions. We have to do better, and why I won't stop bringing up the lack of diversity in those positions until something real gets done. The evidence that it's unfair plays out every week when you see the number of below average and even unqualified white guys getting not only their first opportunities in spite of a large number of qualified black candidates, but also getting second and third chances before black coaches and management get their first. Maybe it's time to resurrect the late Johnny Cochran's lawsuit that led to the response that became the flawed Rooney rule in the first place, because that was how we got a semi-literate process put in place, but we know that's not working. So maybe this time they'll follow through on the lawsuit and something real constructive can be done. Well said. And my uh, one of my topics tonight is something that I talk about quite often in this country, and it's uh, the education system. It appears to me that we've been, our education system needs reforming in a very, very significant way. We've been teaching the same methods, using the same methods of teaching pretty much for the last 50 or 60 years. And education in this country is not a black or white thing. This is an American problem. And we can see how far we've fallen behind other countries in terms of technology and in education in general. We, I, don't, I don't really need the data. I don't need anybody telling me. You don't need anybody telling you. You can see it for yourself. When you pick up the phone for customer service, most of the time it's not an American on that phone. When you go to a bank, most of the time, is not an American in that bank. If you look at our financial institutions, uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, those aren't Americans in working and running those. They may be the head of the organization, but the work bees, majority of those are non-American. And to me, we're doing a disservice uh, to the younger, the group that's coming up. The, the 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 promise of the countries for the younger gen generation. And the problem is you have countries like, say, India or the Middle Eastern countries, when a kid gets in the sixth grade, reaches the sixth grade, they determine at that point where that kid, what direction that kid is going to go. You're going to either go into a technology field. Your path is set. For us, you got to go through 12 years of BS that you're not interested in and then you got to do four more years of BS in, in, in college that you're not interested in. So if you're not, I'm not interested in being an artist, why am I taking so many art classes? If we're heading into or we're in uh, uh, somewhat of a technological renaissance, seem to me that we need to be focusing on technology. That's what we need to be doing in our schools, in our high schools, in our universities. 
something has to be done about education. We all, all the politicians run on education, local politicians run on education for the last 50, 60 years. Their, their platform has been about reforming education, doing better, helping the community, helping school systems, and nothing ever changes. And I'd like to speak on something Malcolm X was uh, really thinking about doing before his uh, assassination. And I think it's about time that we, as a community, sue the United States government for our treatment since uh, literally starting from slavery, Jim Crow, all the programs, COINTELPRO, the um, cocaine trafficked in our communities by the CIA, all the experiments done to our people. It's time that we actually go and take this out and make this a public record, since they won't teach any of this in the schools, and basically put a lawsuit front and center and get something concrete back that we can actually start and invest in our communities and start building something in this country. And my second 2022 issue this week is the continuing need to push for reparations. Because while there's more evidence than ever before about the consequences of 403 years of discriminatory treatment of Black people in this country, it seems like even less attention is being paid to it. The truth is that for Black America in general, we're falling further behind, whether we're talking about the wealth gap, the prison industrial complex, our life expectancy, our home and business ownership, our educational level, or our health outcomes. We're continuing to be left behind while almost every other group is seeing their concerns being met and addressed by the government and the country that owes us so much. It's time for all of our Black leaders to stop playing politics and actually use the political clout that we have to demand better. And if they don't, then we're going to demand better leaders, even if that means running for office ourselves. We can no longer sit still while there's 55 members of the Black Caucus that refuse to mobilize and decide that they can actually determine not only what, what bills come out of committee and come to the floor for a vote, but they wield a lot of power in seeing what bills actually get passed. But for some reason, they don't take that initiative and they don't stand for what they need to focus on when it comes to our best interests. And so we're not going to sit idly by and let them continue to do that. So be on the lookout for our regular reports of what is not being done. Now, we'd be more than happy to give credit where it's due. So if we see Black members of Congress, and there are a few who are doing their best to try to keep the fight alive, like Cori Bush from Missouri, but there are just far too many of them who are not really doing anything and don't deserve our support, and therefore we got to call them on the carpet. My second uh, topic for the end of the show is basically about capitalism. It, it, it appears to me that we have a system here that once you reach a certain level of wealth, you're not held accountable and you pretty much can do what you want. The world is your, play, is your playground. You can pretty much do what you want, say what you want, and there's no accountability. I mean, that, that's what it appears to me. That's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. If you can just look at what's going on with Elon Musk and, um, and Twitter and just 
him having these tirades and outbursts, uh, saying a lot of negative, questionable, unethical stuff, and yet there's nothing that anybody seems to can do about it, can do anything about it. We have so many instances and so many examples of rich people. I don't want to talk about 45 because he he actually breaks the mold when you're talking about holding people accountable and not being and he's not being held accountable. Well, you have people like him in in his circle, but it's it appears to just just be, Jeff Bezos even stepped in and was trying to challenge uh President 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 Biden back in the summer about raising taxes on the super rich. And he had a problem with that, so he started sending out propaganda and misinformation, as they call it, instead of just calling it lying, about the economy. Uh, so my question is, is that what we, that's where we are now in this country, that you reach a certain level of, 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 of uh, wealth and you're pretty much untouchable and there's no way to hold you accountable? Unless you're Kanye West, but that's another issue. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to just have a little discussion with you gentlemen. We have several HBUs that really teach farming and the technologies. Why aren't they being used to really expand black farming in this country? We are farming at the at the lowest point of our of our history in this country. Why aren't we developing a mechanism where we can bring fresh fruits and vegetables and, and foods to our communities, which are basically food deserts in this country? Well, that's a good question, Norm. But I think we are always aware of how money factors into it. And, you know, it sounds pretty basic and straightforward. And I think for like the individual consumer, that can be uh, a pretty straightforward process. But, you know, the the onuses of land as well as the equipment and supplies to do it on any kind of a scale basis it means, you know, you got to get money. And Scott, you've mentioned a number of times about how do these government programs that are supposed to be out there to help like the small farm community and whatnot are always being hijacked and kept away from us as Black people while you get these conglomerates and certainly the other ethnic groups who are able to get into that process. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. So I agree with you, Norm. We could probably do some smaller form co-ops, but then we run into the old backroom slave mentality of failing to get together and do that which could be best for us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's a great idea. It's a great question. Uh, and why it's not happening, and there's a lot of reasons for it. But you're, you're right, no, you're right, Rod. There's a lot of information out there that can can benefit small farms, uh, black farmers. But it's like pulling teeth to get to the right person to assist you. It's like it, it, the, the the information is so buried and hid, hidden that it's hard for you to find a regular person wouldn't know if you're not in the loop, if you don't work in one of those organizations, uh, if you're not connected to somebody at, at the Department of Agriculture or places like HUD and that, you're not going to even know about the information. You don't even know what's available to you. They don't even, they don't advertise it. I mean, uh, it's our tax dollars that, that are funding these programs. 
but yet they don't advertise this information to the regular Joe Smoke. I'm pretty sure the conglomerates, conglomerates, they they actually have people who are probably might even have offices in the government building down the hall from the person who's making the decision. Uh, I've seen that kind of thing happen before, and I'm pretty sure it's still happening. And that that's that's the problem. The lack of how do you get to the information to cut through all the the bureaucracy and the red tape? Good deal. Well, you know, it was just a thought. And um, I, I just heard a brother speaking about it and it, it piqued my curiosity. And even if we could establish something like that in this country, look at Africa with all of the farmland available. If we have the know-how and the technology, we could really build a, a global partnership and, and, you know, feed our people on both continents. Yeah, you know, you said something, Norm, that certainly has been a concern of mine for a long time, which is that we need to figure out a way to develop better ties between the African nations and African-Americans in this country. I think there's a golden opportunity right now because you got countries like Ghana who are actually extending the welcome mat. And so I think we ought to have a kind of a dual push that on the one hand, we ought to try to incent more people. You know, we did a good job of, of motivating more black entrepreneurs to start businesses, but we also should be trying to spark more people to think about starting even family farms that can make sure that they're eating better and their family is eating better. Because one of the things that always happens whenever you people start growing their own crops and whatnot is that they actually find themselves um, having more than they can actually consume. So they actually start to then work cooperatively amongst each other. But the flip side of that is if our own government is failing us as far as trying to make those connections with the Department of Agriculture and so forth, then why not develop relationships? You know, there are a lot of banks in Africa that are available to perhaps if the right relationship is developed, would love to start to get access to the capital markets in this country. So there's something for us to also look forward to in the coming year to try to maybe find some connections to have as our guests, people who are either African and have connections to Africa and try to see how we can foster that process. That's exactly right. You know, um, somehow that there's always, there's been a disconnect between the knowledge and the skill base of black people in this country and the resources in the base that people have in Africa we haven't been able to form a partnership with those people, uh, uh, with Africans and African-Americans so that they can benefit both countries, both African-Americans and Africans. But yet what's happening is uh, countries like China, countries like Russia, some of these countries that have dictatorship, uh, even, even Britain, they're the ones who are, are, are forging relationships with uh, countries in Africa, and you know, basically what they're doing is 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 what people do when they come to the black communities. They come to black communities, and they just basically rape the black community of its resources, and and leave. And that's what those countries are doing. They're they're basically probably giving some African leadership 
some crumbs and uh, they're taking out, they're, they're making off with the uh, natural resources and making millions and billions of dollars out of it. Yeah, that's uh, very true. And basically what China's doing is they're literally investing so much in Africa that they're basically creating another um, colonization of the country using finance. And unfortunately, many of the leaders are going for it. And not even just China, not even just Africa. I mean, they're doing that in the Caribbean and in Central South America as well. So um, un unfortunately, you know, they've just taken a, a play out of the playbook of the slave master. All right. Well, in our Black Business Spotlight, once again, this time of year is continuing to be a time of critical need for Black businesses that are going to survive and make it into the new year. And with the black consumer dollar that is out there, we really shouldn't see any worthwhile businesses going under for a lack of support. We once again implore you, my brothers and sisters, to not only make sure that you spend your dollars with our black business partners, but also go out of your way to incent and motivate some of your friends. You know, all of us have that friend or or a few friends from other ethnic groups who are woke enough to recognize that they could spend some money at a black restaurant or a black uh, car detailing or a black grocery store anywhere, you know, let them know about the 15% pledge and let's make sure that we get the information out there so that we can keep more of our dollars in our communities and get some of those dollars from other communities coming in as well. That's a wrap for another program and another year. And God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus in the new year on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. As always, don't forget that you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next episode, as always, we sincerely appreciate each and every one of you for sticking with us for another year and giving us your time and interest. You can absolutely rest assured that we'll never take you or your precious time for granted. And family, remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have. God bless you all, and we'll see you in 2023.